so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. You've got stuff. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2019. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch, well, sometimes we watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And today... We're not watching an episode of the Golden Girls. No, (laughs) but we are watching an episode of the The Golden Golden Palace. Guys... For the next two episodes, this episode and the next one, we will be covering the, the Golden, Golden Palace, Palace in its entirety. We'll be highlighting two episodes, but we will be discussing the Golden Palace and what it was. Yes, and how it affected all of our lives. But before we get into any of that, maybe we should go back in time. Picture it. Los Angeles, 1992. Yeah, and how the girls felt about the end of the Golden Girls. After seven seasons, B. Arthur didn't want to come back. It was everybody knew it was coming to an end. And was there more in store for the women? What will they do next? Maybe we should go back in time and, and find Let's out. Go. I'm Rose Nyland, your new roomie. <laughs> Sorry, your husband dumped you. It was like one of those dreams that every actor has saying, wouldn't it be great if something really worked? Girls, isn't it wonderful how we always have such a good time together? It's been that way right from the start. You know, there's a sadness. They were breaking up a a family. The four of us have been a family. Good morning. Ah, how was your date last night? Well, it's too soon to tell. I'll let you know when I send him home. They changed the way we think about growing old. Grandma doesn't fall off the planet after she passes 50. She doesn't dry up and blow away. And America's favorite foursome has taken humor and class to the top of the television ratings. But after seven years, the Golden Girls are waving goodbye. Sort of. With the departure of actress B. Arthur, the show is changing its name, its network, and its casting. So tonight, the gals are marking the end of an era. Golden Girls, episode number 180. Face it, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> You're going to get married? I'm going to move in with my daughter? Chuckle, 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 chuckle. B, what made you decide that this was it? This was the time to leave? Oh, please. You know, I started out in 1972 with Maud. I have been confined to the box for 20 years now, and I think it's time to to leave at the height of this beautiful, wonderful show. Let's not cry, let's laugh. Right. <laughs> of course. Sure. Building up to goodbye has been tough on all of the cast members, but especially hard for Estelle Getty, who plays the mother of Bee's character on the show and in real life has grown to be one of her closest friends. Looking forward to this show has been so difficult for the past month or so because we knew it was coming, we knew it was coming, we knew it was coming. It was like, I'll be glad when it's over so that I don't have to think about it again. However sad I am, I won't have to go through with it again. Goodbye, my girls. The show's other leading ladies, Rue McClanahan and Betty White, face this milestone as differently as they play their characters. The ever-naive Rose and sex-crazed Blanche. Rose, you are about to make a grave mistake. You come to me if you want advice on men. You go to Dorothy if there's grandma you won't help with. I have always hated change, and this has been really the seven happiest years of my entire professional life, so you just hate to see it. That's the difference. I love variety. Oh, and I hate, I keep everything exactly the same if I possibly could. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you so much. Hold, please, hold, please. Please. (laughs) I'm delighted to be moving on, and uh, this has been a great deal of fun, but I hate pain, and I really don't want to feel any pain, and I've chosen not to be nostalgic or sentimental about this. But I, I, without the nostalgia, I think you miss a lot, too. I think you miss some of those, those good things that you clutch and take home with you. Over the years, the women have treated their audience to plenty of memories, too. Wine. 
What do you think Golden Girls gave to America over seven years, to the viewers? A view of all the women as they, as they are, and if they're not, they should be. As they'd like to be, maybe. As they'd like to be, and there's no reason why it can't be. The remaining three cast members promise to continue breaking new ground next season when Golden Girls is transformed into a new show called Golden Palace. The women say their characters will deepen as they take on the task of running a hotel. She's not going to be quite so stupid or different, and she's going to clean up her act a little bit. You know, it's just Beyond that, the details are still a bit sketchy. So for now, the Golden Girls savor the end of a very successful chapter. We, I think, are the only show on television that I know of where there were no additions and no subtractions. Nobody was added to the cast, nobody left the cast for seven years. You think I'm nostalgic about some things. I mean, I'm saying goodbye to B, sadly. But if I were saying goodbye to Rose, I would be a mess. Now that would get me if we were saying goodbye to these characters. Yes, that if you were leaving me. Blanche, that would do it. That'd be very difficult to do. It's going to hit me in about a month. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to think then. Mm. I might, I'd rather doubt that I'm going to say, why the hell did I quit? No, I know I won't. So as these four Emmy-winning actresses set out in search of new challenges, they say goodbye to a program that feels like an old friend. And come to think of it, so do we. Oh, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. There have been some hilarious things that have happened. Someday we'll be saying, now, boys and girls, when we are on Golden Girls. I love how in the interviews, like Rose or Betty White constantly. I love that you just did that because you're because Betty White is Rose Nyland. <laughs> to you and to everyone, you, it's you true. just might as well just I say Rose. I just say Rose. But Betty White does this thing where she's always on and she has these canned jokes that she always go to where she's like, you know, these four broads, women. Like, and it's just so, she's constantly a showman. And like personally, on a personal level, living here in Los Angeles, knowing actors intimately, I hate that. <laughs> like, I hate when actors are like that. But I, I find it so endearing with her. I think it's because she's the consummate performer, right? She is, There's yeah. a reason why Betty White has been in show business longer than anybody else living on this planet right now. It's, she is the quintessential performer. Yeah, it's true. And what's so surprising, I feel like I've always felt this about Betty White, that there's something about her we don't know. Because, like, she comes across as this wholesome, she was in a very loving marriage. Like, I mean, it was just a fairy tale marriage, a wedding that they had, or not wedding, marriage that they had in Hollywood. Um, and, and yet, she never had kids she always kind of lived like a professional. She was very much married to her work. Like mm -hmm. she was always working. She's never stopped working since so the 1950s. So she did have a, a profound love for her late husband and she never yeah. remarried. And, yeah. yeah. But like it, it surprises me that they never had kids. And it surprises like because she seems out of all of them, I think the most nurturing Maybe Estelle Getty. I mean, but the most nurturing, mm -hmm. you know, of the four women professionally, like how we know them as women. Yeah. Because Rue McClanahan was always kind of like a sex spot, marrying men left and right. Mm -hmm. Like she was Blanche outside of the show. Right. It's just, it's, it blows me away. But watching these interviews, you can tell like B. Arthur is done. Yeah. Estelle Getty's kind of out of it. Yeah. So let's sort of talk about, let's back up. We'll talk about kind of the history and the backstory behind the Golden Palace. Um, so how in it 19, came to be. How it came to be, Arthur. Uh, <laughs> 1992, the Golden Girls was in its seventh season. Everybody wanted to do an eighth it was season. Still, well, not everyone did. Well, except for except, B. Arthur. Except for B. Arthur. Um, she felt that they had, you know, really stretched the characters as far as they could. She didn't want the show to be on for too long. She just felt like it was a natural and organic stopping well, point. Well, and the, for the show, show already, even though it was already, it was doing well in the ratings and it consistently got Emmys. I mean, Betty White was nominated every season. It had fallen in the ratings. Like mm -hmm. the, the two last seasons, I think, dropped. It was like in the top 20 for the first five or six seasons and then it dropped to the 30s. And so, like, it was getting to the point where the show was naturally coming to a close and audiences were moving on. Uh, the other thing that's worth noting, I realized, is when they, you know, when the the, the creators of the show, Susan Harris, Paul Jungerwit, uh, Tony Thomas, 
they must have known that they were going to try to develop a show with the other three women because of the way that they ended the Golden Girls with having Dorothy get married mm. and leave the nest. Yeah. You know. For emptiness. For emptiness. <laughs> Richard Mulligan! <laughs> so, um, so uh, Susan Harris, Paul Jungerwit, Tony Thomas... Uh, they all pitched uh, this spinoff uh, idea NBC. to NBC of the Golden Palace where, you know, the three remaining women would run a hotel. Um, and NBC was basically like, OK, but since the since this isn't a proven concept, we don't know how the show will do be out without B. Arthur. We don't know if the audience will be there for you. I'm going to give you it's usually what's called a mid-season yeah, show, which is episodes. we're going to give you 13 episodes which, instead of the usual sort of 22 to 24 episodes. I think the NBC execs saw the, what is the tea leaves? The writing in the, tea, whatever. The, writing on the wall? No, there's an expression about tea leaves. They had like a thing. They were well, reading the tea leaves? Yeah, that like <laughs> when the show initially, the whole reason why the show got pushed even in the beginning was that they finally got B. Arthur. I mean, B. Arthur was like, the big get that right. they needed mm-hmm. to get the show solidified. And if B. Arthur's not a part of it, then what, I mean, even though the three other women are amazing, it's like they didn't sell the show. They did, but they weren't the reasons why NBC immediately was like, great, here's all your money, here's everything. It right. was B. Arthur that did it. And I mean, I hate to think of it as sort of a B. Arthur vehicle, but B. Arthur really was the Mm-hmm. driving force of a lot of the series. It would be like doing the Big Bang Theory without Jim Parsons, yeah. who won all those Emmys. You'd go, ooh. What's the this, point? This person kind of is the anchor to the show. Will it, you know, can it still yeah. hold up without this person? And, and you know, NBC as a network, like they have a financial interest. They they may and love the, the girls. And the ratings were they declining. Love, exactly. And it was like, do you, I mean, I, it, it, I'm surprised. Spinoffs were always kind of a thing. They were especially a thing in the 70s. They were a big thing in the 70s. And Norman Lear, yeah. B. Arthur got her career started because of a spinoff right. with Maude. Mm-hmm. So like spinoffs were a big deal. But in the 80s, they kind of declined a little bit. And then you saw a lot of, instead of spinoffs of TV shows, there were remakes of popular movies. Mm-hmm. So like Working Girl was a TV show. Right. Like a lot of big movies became TV shows. And so in the early 90s, it was like, spinoffs weren't really becoming a thing and there was a lot more family entertainment that was Mm -hmm. sort of the driving force of ratings with TGIF. Right. And so like you had, where was this show? And it was also like, I mean, culturally grunge was huge in music. Like TV was shifting. TV was becoming very different in Mm -hmm. the early nineties. And it was like, where does this show fit now that we're not in the mid eighties where this kind of sitcom could exist NBA ratings, huge hit. Right. Well, uh, CBS as a network felt strongly enough about it and they jumped in and they said, hey, if you go with our network, we will give you a full 24 episode order. Which is a great, I mean, a great offer to not even have a pilot air or anything and to get a complete order Mm -hmm. without even a pilot airing. Like, yeah, that's massive. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I think you you sort of, you go with the success that the Golden Girls had for so many years. I'm sure they had pitched the proof of concept. You already have the other three women on board. You know, you probably already have things in place that have a good track record. Yeah. Um, And, you know, CBS maybe at the time, they were maybe, it's also a lot of it can be right place, right time, where they're like, oh, we kind of need a show for this demographic in this time slot, and the timing may have worked out well. Well, CBS at the time, too, I mean, it's, biggest one of its biggest shows was murphy brown and it had just during those years Mm -hmm. murphy brown kind of started winning best comedy series after the golden girls so the Mm. golden girls came and then it shifted to murphy brown but cbs also had designing women had major dad had that burt reynolds show i think um uh bob oh wait burt reynolds had a show yeah yeah, evening star i think it was i think never saw it oh it was a big one by a bunch of emmys too uh, well, the first episode of The Golden Palace aired on CBS September 18th, 1992 for a total of 24 episodes. The last one aired on May 14th, 1993. And you know what's ironic about what's it that? when it got canceled? Because it got canceled pretty much at the last minute. Like they had gotten a second season and then CBS just decided very quickly 
No. So they they thought they were going to get a second season. So when the show first aired, um, the the premiere episode, the pilot, which we're going to dive into in a minute, uh, 15 million viewers watched the pilot for its debut episode. That's big. Um, yeah. Just for comparison, I mean, a lot more people. Again, there was a lot less television to watch back then. Yeah. You know when you know people used to watch TV and you'd hear that people who were watching you know ER, it was in like 20 million people were watching ER and Seinfeld and. Friends. And these days, you know, you're lucky like our show school can, is, you know, consider does considerably well. And, you know, we're getting like three to five million viewers yeah. an episode. It's because now we have cable and streaming and so people watch things on VOD. And anyway, so 15 million viewers for their first episode. Great. Um, but then after that, it just slowly it went slowly down over the season. The, the, the numbers dwindled. Um, but CBS, you were kind of talking about TGIF. So CBS... Um, in a response to ABC doing TGIF, which, you know, thank goodness it's Friday. It was a block uh, on Friday nights for television shows. Great shows. I remember Great loving television shows. Family Matters, Step by Step. Full uh, House, uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Boy Meets World, yeah, Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers, yeah. Dinosaurs. Um, oh, Dinosaurs. I loved. We just watched that the other day, the final episode. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Oh, that the, final episode is of sad? Dinosaurs is actually one of the darkest Final episodes of is the meteor a coming? Yeah, yeah. Well, and th- th- it's all of because of like you know th- what the dinosaurs have done. Big business corporations have done to pollute the world. Oh, interesting. And what the in, me- yeah is that an allegory for yes. something else? It is sad because then at the end they're all looking outside and the cold is coming and every, uh, I mean it's and they're just like well maybe it'll get warmer tomorrow. It never will. Winter is coming. Oh. Everybody's gonna die. Support the Green New Deal. AOC. Um, (laughs) so CBS was like, we're going to do a TGIF. So they grouped the golden palace. TGIF for old people. Sure. Cause that's really what it was. It sure. was like well, TGIF. old people and kids, because you and I both watched The Golden well, Girls. we were not normal women. kids, because everyone no. <laughs> else was watching TGIF while we were watching The Golden Palace. And our amazing listeners who... I mean... Guys, none of us were normal kids. We can all just lineup, say it now. Go through the lineup okay. of CBS's TGIF. Okay, unquote. their TGIF was The Golden Palace, okay. Major Dad, yeah. <laughs> Designing Women, yes. and Bob, which was a sitcom for Bob Newhart. It was his third television show. That's like a menopause, hot flash, like, you know, <laughs> lovely two-hour block to cool down. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that's... I mean, even though I love all of those shows, <laughs> if they were trying to compete with a TGIF level of, of a block of television, you're going for the wrong demographic. I wonder... It's so interesting. All of a sudden, now you have the women from the Golden Girls, the NBC women, on the network with the designing women yeah. girls. and you know what's ironic at the end of that season? When they canceled Golden designing Palace, women was they also canceled. also canceled Designing Women mm-hmm. and Major Dad. I mean, it was like a whole... That whole... And all of those shows had been on television for a number of years. Yeah. Man, the Weird. Golden Palace was like the plague. What if the Golden Palace was the plague that ruined them all? What if that's the Game of Thrones? Winter is coming. I don't know anymore. <laughs> so one thing that I find very interesting, um, and we're going to play it for you guys in a second, but the revamping of the Golden Girls theme song for the <gasps> Golden Palace, if you listen to it and you think, okay, they're trying to give us this TGIF cool hip Friday night feel, the theme song, the the revisited Golden Girls theme song sounds very much like in the same vein of the Full House theme song yeah. or the Step by Step theme song. Step it's a little step, more uppity. Day by day. Day by day. <laughs> Fresh start over in a different way. Um, fun fact, yeah. Christine Lakin, who played Al, the tomboy mm-hmm. on Step by Step, I may have talked about this in the podcast, um, she's the choreographer for Goldberg's and Schooled, so I cool. worked with her on my episode, and also she directed an episode of Goldberg. She's a fantastic director. Anybody wow. out there, if you work in television, hire Christine Lakin as a director, because she's fantastic. Cool. And you can ask her all about uh, Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy. Suzanne Summers thinks you can drink a lot of coconut water and it'll cure cancer. Let's play the Golden Palace <laughs> theme song for everybody. Here it is. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you 
I have to admit, even watching the pilot, like, this all makes me sad. Because, like, as an artist, as a writer, as a comedian, I pride myself in knowing when to stop. Yeah. Like, knowing when the joke has gone too far, understanding timing, understanding when it's time to stop. Because, well, like, yeah, the you're audience... The, you're the B. Arthur. Yeah. And everybody like, else but, is... I mean, but I think... I, I look at it like... I look at Betty White, Rue McClanahan, and, of course, like, it's a paycheck, and you can continue a really popular franchise, and people will love you for it, but you also run the risk of tainting that franchise. You run the risk of really hurting the reputation you built over a number of years, and it's like, why beat something to death just because... It had been successful for you. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Well, they may have felt like it just wasn't the time to go, and they may have felt like if they had the support of the creators and the writers and some of the directors and the rest of the cast that you but know because not the network that gave you the show. Like, well, they did have the support of the network. They just wanted more episodes. So, but the to, network didn't support them. They gave them thirty. Yeah, it just like the network right. showed that we don't have full faith in this, and that to me. The 13 order episode is actually a slap in the face for the Golden Girls because it was a big, it was a big television show for this for the for the for NBC for years, mm-hmm. and the fact that they wouldn't just give them a full season. I mean that that for for you look at Joey for example, the spinoff of Friends that got a full season, right? That got but a couple they, of they seasons. They may have also shot a pilot first, and no, and no, they didn't shoot a pilot and no. test a pilot. No, before. it wasn't tested at all. It went directly the next season. That was the spinoff. That was literally they went from there was no like, and then we're gonna come back in two months. It was literally like, here's the full season. Oh, interesting. And I know it's that. like. If a show that big and Friends and Golden Girls, I think, are comparable in terms of the impact that it had on an, on an, on a mm-hmm. network. I mean, Cosby Show being another one of them. That it was a huge, huge, huge show. You give it the full season. NBC didn't give it well, that, and it I think should have been a sign. I'm going to give you. He, here's why I think they pushed for it so much. So, excuse me. One thing I've learned is that I think I found this on IMDb. Um, if the Golden Palace, so so while they were making the Golden Palace, they were st- they were still trying to get B. Arthur to come back. She's barefoot at home drinking her wine. Yeah, watching Jeopardy. I think what they hoped was that she's maybe, watching book TV on C-SPAN. Let's <laughs> yeah, be real. Maybe be watching C-SPAN, watching her best friend Angela Lansbury and murder she wrote. Um, <laughs> I think they thought if we give B. Arthur a little vacation yeah. and do a season of the Golden Palace, she's going to miss everybody. She's going to see how well the show's doing. They don't know B. Arthur. Well, <laughs> but they know her better than we. Um, so they 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 basically said, hey, if we can come back for a second season. Our goal is to have B. Arthur come back. And they reached out to her. They said, look, we'll, we'll cut down on the number of episodes. We'll work around your schedule. Like, what can we do to get you to come back? And if they had gotten B. Arthur to come back, then the second season of The Golden Palace would have basically been a continuation of The Golden Girls. So the women would have moved out of the hotel, back into the house. Would the show have been called The Golden Palace or The Golden Girls? I don't know. That but that like was kind of the plan. a bad idea to me. And it, 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 it just reeks of, you know, desperation to rekindle something that is over. Move on and, and from it's pro- it. You know, and it's probably why B. Arthur was like, no, I'm I'm. And that's why I'm I don't done. think they knew B. Arthur at all. Because if it, like, literally, even we, not knowing B. Arthur, know B. Arthur would never yeah. go for that. She pro- so, It probably was a stretch to get her, it, probably in her contract, when she got out of the deal and she was like, I'm not coming back mm-hmm. for Golden Girls, they were like... Okay, well, you have to do two episodes of the Golden Palace. Fine. Like, I, I I'm feel- sure she was happy to. I'm sure she was happy to do two episodes. I'm sure that was that was the most that she was willing she was to give them. Very happy that she didn't have to come back after it was done shooting. <laughs> she was probably like, I don't have to come back tomorrow. You guys do. Bye. Yeah, like I'm sure. You know, I'm sure she still missed everybody. I'm sure she still loved everybody. I'm sure. The other thing is too, when with the spinoff, I bet they they kept a lot of the same crew and you're giving yeah. people jobs. Um, but uh, unfortunately the show, it did get canceled. Basically CBS at the last minute, um, I'm assuming it was right before Upfronts, which is where you go to your advertisers and you announce all the new shows that are going to be coming out this fall and the returning shows right at the, you know, hour 11, they were basically like, no, we're not going to renew well, of you. Course. I mean, which no, means they were probably try- like holding out for B. Arthur until the last minute. They were 57th. Ranked 57th most of the season 
of the Golden Palace mm-hmm. in the rankings for the se- for the series for the season. No advertiser is going to jump on and latch themselves on to a 57th ranked show. It's just it's just bad. And also like you do a spin-off to me is not taking the entire cast of a show and doing basically the same show in a different setting. A spinoff is when Joey moves to L.A. and you follow Joey and there are special guest stars of the past casts. Or, you know, uh, what other popular... Maud. Maud is a great... Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah. Great, like, I mean, you take one character, take one character and you and base build. it around them. Yeah. A show based on... You could have had three shows out of that. You could have had Estelle going and working, running some <laughs> old lady home. And you have Rue moving to Nevada and <laughs> running a brothel and Betty White becoming an executive, surprisingly. Like, you you could have done three amazing separate shows and they would have, I think, stood on their own. I, I don't know that you would have done three at one time. You could have maybe done one. Um, well, in the age of digital, you could have done yeah. three. Uh, well, what is interesting, so after the show did get canceled, um, they were still able, because they still had Empty Nest and Nurses, which were, you know, spinoffs of the Golden Girls as well, um, they 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 were able to keep Estelle Getty around. They had yeah. Sophia, um, the as the story goes, Sophia actually returns to the rebuilt Shady Pines retirement home, and she would appear as a cast member in later seasons of Empty Nest. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of what became of uh, Rose and Blanche in the hotel, we we just don't know. Well, she Estelle Getty. I, I think I've said this before, but she holds the record of um, playing the same character on that many sitcoms. Like she's apparently played a step played. Uh, Sophia. Sophia on like the most sitcoms. Yeah, because she did more than um, any other character. Yeah, on TV. Golden Girls, Golden Palace, Empty Nest, probably Nurses, and John Larroquette show, and the John Larroquette show, amazing. Which is an NBC um, block. Yeah. Uh, before, okay, so but right before we dive into the pilot, um, real quick, what do you think of, you know, here we go. The Golden Girls are ending. B. Arthur's leaving. We have the three women. Mm-hmm. Do you think having the three women uh, run their own hotel is the strongest version of what a, the, the spinoff for those three women should have been? No, I mean, it's just, I mean, the great thing as a, a, a vehicle for writing, a hotel is a great vehicle because it offers lots of different different types of characters to be coming in and out. It gives interactions for characters that we know and love to react to really weird people on an episode-by-episode basis that are always different. That's cool. That gives you an opportunity. But you don't necessarily need it to be a hotel. I mean, that's a massive undertaking for three elderly women, basically, who... You know, it would have been, they could have done the whole Bob Newhart thing and ran an inn, ran a bed and breakfast, a small bed. They could have moved. It would have been great. I would have loved for them to have left Miami. I would have loved for them to have gone to some, maybe move somewhere random in in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. or do something outside of, make it a new show because what it just screams to me, again, of desperation when you essentially just try to recreate the same thing in the same city using the same people in the same type setting. Right. I mean, even, and and, and the whole pilot episode is all about jokes calling back to things on the golden Mm -hmm. girls. It isn't a fresh new show. So here are my thoughts. I think that, at first, I was like, oh, maybe it would have made more sense if it's like the girls in a retirement community. But then I'm remembering like one of the main sort of messages of the Golden Girls was that just because you're a woman of a certain age doesn't mean that you can't still be sexual and that you can't still work and that you can't still, you know, be an individual and, and, and you know, have an untraditional family. And they wouldn't um, be able to go because I think they made that clear on the Golden Girls that the re- whole reason why they're sticking together is so they don't have to do that. Right. So I I. I do like the aspect that the show is still kind of going up against this stigma that old people can't work or, you know, still have extremely social lives or whatever. However, I do think that anytime the women are split up, like I noticed a lot in the pilot, all of a sudden you have Blanche off with Don Cheadle and, and, and Sophia off with Cheech Marin. It's, it's tough because I, I'm, I'm missing the girls and their dynamic together, which is I think you bring up a good point when you say just take one character. So to me, I think a more successful spinoff, and this is kind of what they did with The Office where they followed Dwight onto Shroot Farms, I would have loved to have seen a Rose spinoff. Yeah. Rose goes back to St. Olaf mm-hmm. to run her, the Lindstrom's farm. And exactly. then we meet all these new characters. And yes, the the other women can guest star and visit her every now and again. But you're, you're, you're getting emotionally invested in these new characters 
years, I found myself kind of unable to get emotionally invested in our new main characters because you still have the dynamic mm-hmm. of the existing characters. Exactly. And I didn't realize that until you said they should have maybe just taken Well, and you look at Rose, there's a line Rose character. says, and we'll get to this, but there's a line Rose says towards the end of the pilot episode where a robber comes in and she's being her old. And that whole bit, that was probably the strongest bit in the entire episode because it focuses solely on Rose reacting the way Rose reacts, mm-hmm. giving Rose a new element that she's not so dumb, yeah. but then proving she actually is. That is a beautiful circle that they made for that character yeah. that they could have done on a successful spinoff of just Betty White. I would hate to see Blanche go because I love a Blanche, but right. they would be back. I mean, right. they would always be around. It's just, it would have been stronger if you would just give it a, made it different, mm-hmm. you know? You know what? I'm curious to know what two of our GG VIP friends and guests think of the Golden Palace. Melania and Donald Trump? (laughs) I mean, I was just having lunch with them. They're big fans. vomited. Big fans. Um, I'm curious to know what Alaska and Elliot think about... Oh, you mean Miss Thunderfuck and Mrs. Glazer. Glazer, yeah. (laughs) Um, Senora Glazer. Uh, I wonder what they think about the Golden Palace and general. Okay, so the Golden Palace is not good. <laughs> it's just not good. They they made a noble attempt, but you just can't create the same magic as the Golden Girls. A without B Arthur and B in a hotel like it just it just doesn't make sense as a workplace comedy, but you know, it's 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 a cliche to say it at this point, but look, if you're going to do the show without B, you might as well not do it at all. And they did it, and it's kind of a stain on the golden, <sighs> the canon of the Golden Girls. It's the it's the dirty secret nobody wants to talk about. Ooh, thank you for being afraid. <laughs> Hello. Out on the lanai, this is Alaska. I'm so excited that you are doing a Golden Palace special. Um, I love Golden Palace, um, mostly because there was a really amazing Chinese food buffet in Pittsburgh called Golden Palace that I used to go to when I was in college. Um, That's pretty much all I love about Golden Palace. Um, well, it was, you know, they wanted to keep magic alive. They wanted to keep it going because it meant a lot to them and it meant a lot to a lot of people out there. But you know what? Everything has its time and has its season. And Golden Palace has its moments. Don Cheadle is outstanding. Cheech is incredible. Um... uh, uh, I love the episodes with B. Arthur where she comes back and we get to see that Miles truly is a scumbag like Carrie thinks she, he is. <laughs> Overall, I think Golden Palace is um, a really bizarre world where somehow Blanche is the normal one. And I think it throws off the entire balance of like believability and like actual, uh, reality. Um, so, uh, at any rate, I'm very glad that you all are covering this because I think it's an important part of our history that we can learn from. And I think if we don't learn from, um, things like this, then we, uh, we are destined to repeat it. So um, thank you so much. And thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Fascinating. Fascinating. I, I could just hear them. Elliot's smooth, deep voice and Alaska's deeper voice. I just love both of them. I know. I wish they were here with us right now, but then this episode would be eight (laughs) hours long. I'm with Elliot enough, and I text Alaska all the time. All right. Let's dive into the pilot episode of The Golden Palace. We start at the house, at Blanche's house. 
there's a, it's so jarring to see a sold sign. Yeah, it's sold. They're moving out. There are boxes oh. going out. Big Burly Men's and taking it. before we dive in even further, guys, you can watch this on YouTube. It's you all can, on YouTube. You can watch pretty much all the episodes, if not most of them, on YouTube. So yeah. if you haven't, pause, pause the episode. Go watch it on YouTube. I was actually worried because Alaska has the DVDs and I was worried that we were going to have to like get them from Alaska because, you know, it's the Golden Palace and and coordinate that because he's traveling all over the world. But we didn't have to. Thank you, YouTube. Thank you, YouTube. Uh, Okay, so... The the where it, it is kind of jarring to see um, Blanche's house empty, pretty much save it's for not a few just boxes. Blanche's house, they all oh, own sorry, it. Sorry, they all own a piece of it. Be respectful of property. Um, I love that. Basically, like the one recognizable thing left in the living room is the wicker sofa. I do. That is amazing. Yep. I mean, it's it's uh, again like this episode. I don't know if the, I mean it, the writing team didn't because Mark Sotkin was one of the head people in charge. I mean, I saw his name on the credits. So like he's a part of it and the, there's carryover from the writers from the previous uh, series. Mm-hmm. But like for some reason, the jokes were feeling very flat, very forced. And I feel like a lot of it was canned laughter. Oh, I don't know. I, I felt like the beginning, like the scene with the women packing up and moving out, it just, it felt like one of those episodes of the Golden Girls where Dorothy's not in the scene. Like, remember there's one where she's just like leaves at the beginning. She's like, I'm going out of town. Oh, and yeah. she just comes back at the end and was like, what did I miss? That's sort of what it felt like <laughs> to me. Um, I love that. Um, you know, uh, Rose is like hyperventilating because um, she doesn't want to move. The women pretty much lost, I mean, they've, put all of their money and savings, it sounds like, into that buying a, a horrible hotel. idea for women over the age of 60 to I do. I know. That's horrible. I know. I was thinking that. And um, so, yeah. So they've all bought this hotel. Rose is concerned and she's freaking out. Blanche is like... The smartest thing Rose ever said. This hotel is going to run itself. We don't need to worry. Um, and then the, they're all sitting on the couch and the movers pick them up and physically That's carry cute. them out, which I thought that was cute. That is cute. cute. So now we get into our new world of the hotel. I will say, though, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle's the manager of this hotel. And it is the training ground for his Academy Award nomination in Hotel Rwanda years later. Um, So at this point, in terms of television, Don Cheadle had guest starred on some TV shows. He had never been a series regular on a TV show. This was his first. This was his big break. Mm -hmm. Um, Did they ever explain how he was fostering a child? How he got that child? I don't think they did. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they did in a later episode. But um, not in the pilot. Not in the pilot. Just this so, white kid with a black dude. So they meet Don Cheadle. Um, we meet Don Cheadle. They're not there yet. And so we know that he's the hotel manager. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that... They're successful. The women... They've he, been doing this for years. Yes. Yeah, so he feels like he needs to impress them. <sighs> I'll save that comment for later. I have a comment about the logistics. You know I do. Um, okay, anyway, and yes, we meet... A little boy, who, which is a horrible idea. It, okay, but also his name, it's it's so on the nose. What's his name? He's, he's an orphan. Well, he's not really an orphan. Is his name orphan? His name is Oliver. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so anyway, um, Roland fosters him. He at but one point how? is left Why? to... Because I don't, we find out later that his mother or father murdered someone and his mom is... His dad's in prison for manslaughter. His mom's an alcoholic who took off and it sounds like a very terrible mother how who would just Don bring a bunch Cheadle of men How did meet these people? I don't, I don't know. Did I, he meet them? They may, they may say it later in the series, but... Um, but my point is, is like one of the reasons why this episode felt so flat to me is that the, a, there's so much that is confusing about why things are the way they are, especially in a pilot. You explain the existence of characters. That's one of the central roles of a pilot, really, especially, I mean, for, for major characters, sure. You have things unfold, well, but for a little boy that doesn't give a fuck about anything. Well, it, it could be that they wanted to. So, so when they're rounding out their cast of characters, at some point, they were just like, it might be fun to have a child on, like a child be a regular on the show. This kid who's like always getting into trouble. Maybe he can go on some fun adventures with Sophia. Was Jenny Lewis not available? Oh my God. If it was Jenny, can you imagine? I would have loved she, it. She Jenny came Lewis back with that teddy bear. The door in. I found your teddy bear in Grandma. the moving van, Betty. 
Um, so, uh, so anyway, so, uh, Oliver is played by an actor named Billy Sullivan, who hasn't really been in anything since, uh, for about the last 10 Again, years. this show is cursed. Don um, Cheadle's the only successful I, thing that came out of it. And Cheech Marin is still very successful. I don't give a fuck about Cheech, Cheech really. Marin is actually a very nice man. I've met being. him before. Very talented. He's a very nice man, mm-hmm. but on a, a comedy level, I've always just been like, I don't get why you exist. Well... Uh, in the seven, I mean, in the, they were the they were the ones who invented stoner comedy. They're the reason why probably you why have movies like Half Baked and uh, like every and everything Seth Rogen makes. And anyway, doesn't matter. Um, uh, so this little the, the, boy so and Don bottom, Cheadle so this, are chatting. So this little boy, who if you're around our age, you might know from um, uh, '90s kids sports movies like Little Big League and The Big Green. That was one was about those? soccer. He was in both of those. Oh, wow. So he, so Billy Sullivan as Oliver. Um, he was Please, only. Sir, can I have some more? He was only in about eight episodes, and then he was written out of the series when his mother, played by Jolie Fisher, half-sister to the late Carrie Fisher, R.I.P. Um, she and re- cast member on Ellen. Yes, and cast member on Ellen. Um, she comes back and retakes custody of him. So they, they probably felt like, okay, this isn't working, and then they wrote him out of the show. Let's get one of the Fishers to take him away. Yeah. Um, There's a metaphor there. So maybe. So the women come in to the hotel and immediately realize that um, they are in over their head because the hotel has two employees and a child. Two and a half. Oh, and they have a part time maid who we, who we never, never meet. <gasps> I wonder if it was Coco. Oh, that would have been great. Actually. Can you imagine? Can, do you, ma- can you I imagine? I messaged him on Facebook. He oh. saw it and didn't reply. Well. Do you think that <laughs> I wonder if they actually toyed with the idea of bringing him back and they called him and they were like, so we're going to introduce this like part time. And even maid. He, he was like, sorry, B. Yeah. Arthur beat you to it. I'm not yeah. going to do it. <laughs> she called me 10 minutes ago. Anyway, she was slurring her words. So the women get the women come in. Don Cheadle's like they're like, we're the owners. And he's like, OK, grandma, basically like, who are you? The pointer sisters. And they're like, no, we're the owners. And he's like, oh boy, gulp, what have I done? And he's like, wait a minute, you don't know how to run a hotel. And she's You're like, wait a minute, to be experts. You, we only have two employees, what? And then the women immediately split up, and I'm sad because I'm like, they're splitting up. Yeah, the, so and Sophia, I'm sad. What, they, what they do <clears throat> is they set up the arrangement of who's going to be a character with who. So, like, Sophia leaves to go to the kitchen to be with Cheech Marin, mm-hmm. the cook. Mm-hmm. Rose leaves to go to this mystery Coco maid that we never meet in the no. first episode to deal with housekeeping and Blanche, who is probably going to be the lead in this. She's going to be the B Arthur in this, this spinoff. She goes with Don Cheadle, the manager to sort out what business arrangement got fucked up here. This is where I have a question. So these women have bought a hotel mm-hmm. Without, Which it looks like the hotel in that uh, uh, Versace Ryan Murphy movie. Oh, I thought you wondered if it was maybe the hotel from the well, Burt no, Reynolds episode. The setting, the setting, the actual set looks like the hotel where they got arrested for being prostitutes. Right. But the outside oh. image of it looks like a hotel from the Versace movie. Got it. Didn't yeah. see it. Very sad. Um, so here's what I don't understand. So, and I guess. So what we learned from Blanche, and again, there's so much exposition. I'm going to jump ahead for a second. So Blanche, once she learns that the hotel only has two employees, she like makes a call to the people she bought it from and learns that like they were basically like faking the books and the the hotel isn't actually making money Mm -hmm. and the owner fired everybody except for Roland and Chewy. To make it look like they were turning a profit. To make it look like they were turning a profit. But then the owners also told Roland that the girls were successful hotel owners. Everybody was swindled. The hotel isn't making any money. And then they have to make a payment within a week or else they lose the hotel. And it's like, this is all in your pilot. This is so much business. And also they're about to have all these travel agents like who booked the travel agents? I know it's it's so there's it's so convoluted and and forced. it's like it's forced. It's well. Here's the thing: when you, especially for a pilot, I feel like you're introducing these new characters. You want an internal conflict. You want a conflict mm-hmm. between your characters. Mm-hmm. What they've given us here is an external conflict, mm-hmm. which is like 
we don't have money. These people swindled us. Ain't we nobody need to- got time for that. So they're all basically on the same page. And there are many internal conflicts between Sophia and Chewy. I want Italian. I want Mexican. But like, it's just, it's, there's so much information being pumped out to, to basically get us at the end to make the women go, oh, maybe we should do this. This is kind of fun. You know what would have been a smarter, if they, if they had to have the hotel, what would have been a smarter explanation for all of this? And yes, it would have fucked up the entire story of the first episode. One of them could have inherited it. Inherit the hotel. Yes. Just, it would have solved yep. everything. Inherit the hotel, and, and then, then you, you show up. And then you come in and you have, oh. pro- I mean, it would have helped you with character development. It would have helped you on so many levels. It would have erased all of the mess. Yeah. Inherit the hotel. They go in, and they're like, oh, I mean, fuck this. We're going to sell it. Blanche's sister leaves it to her. Yeah. Rose's long-lost uncle who had baby the pig, mm-hmm. and he instead gave her a hotel. Like, there's so many levels of, Sophia run it, won it in a poker game, a strip poker game. That would have been great. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it feels like the women could have, you still could have had the same idea where they're like, they could still be resisting it. Oh, we don't really want to do this. it's a shithole. You don't want to get into right. it. But, but you see possibility for a new new sort of lesson on life. Like, oh, well, new lease on life. New like, lease on life, oh, yeah. oh, wow, I'm, yes, I'm of this certain age, but I've just, I've stumbled. Life gave me this hotel, mm-hmm. and now it's my time to... Do it. Let's sell the house and let's do it, girls. Yeah. That would have made sense to me. And it could have been about the girls Mm -hmm. instead of like... And the other thing is, is that they're like... Their problem is we don't have enough employees. And if we don't do well this week for these travel agents then we're screwed. Mm -hmm. But you don't really see that playing out on screen. There's a scene where Sophia is... It has to like... Basically, she she gets a complaint about a pork chop, but you never actually see that play out. You don't see, oh, no, the girls are, like, running from one room to the other to the other, and Rose is trying to change all the beds. And then you get a funny scene where, like, you know, Sophia's got to stand in front of the door because she can't let anybody in. And she's like, I'm an old lady. And it's just, like, you also don't see their problem really playing out on screen. Mm -hmm. Again, because it's a pilot, and you have so much. You're setting up a whole new world. And what's great about a spinoff pilot is that you don't have to explain so much these people these characters for the most part if you do it successfully are all are already known we know who these people are yeah half of a pilot is getting to know the characters mm-hmm. we know this so you could have had such a great story so uh we also meet so when sophia goes into the kitchen this is when they're splitting all the women up uh we meet chewy um who's played Cheech by Marin, Cheech Marin, who um, was replaced at the last minute it was supposed to be um, and like an Eastern European cook. Yeah. And then played by a British comedian. Either he'd left or got fired or it I don't was. So he was recast before the pilot was shot. Yeah. Um, and of course, Miami, you need, I mean, I don't think Cheech Marin is Cuban, but I think you need a Cuban like for representation, a Cuban cook or Cuban character. Yeah. So Chewie's Mexican on the show. Um, and this was also Cheech Marin's first uh, uh, stint as a, uh, a, a regular, a series, a TV, a regular on a TV show. Um, Sorry, Cheech. So, so basically Sophia goes in and he's like, yeah, I cook Mexican cuisine. And she's like, we cook Italian. And like, okay, they're off. And the audience goes crazy for that. Like, it's like a, an applause break for yeah, We Cook was, Italian, which I get. It's like an audience that loves the Golden Girls, but come on. Um, there was a, uh, there was kind of a funny joke. Like you said, they they keep kind of going back and referencing things from the show. They do reference Dorothy a couple times. Um, uh, Rose says, um, uh, she's like, oh, I wish Dorothy was here. And Blanche goes, oh, honey, she couldn't get us out of this. Even Dorothy couldn't get us out yeah, of this. Yeah, and Rose goes, no, but she could beat the crap out of you. And they both just stand there going, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Dorothy would have talked them out of it. Because you know what? Here's why the women shouldn't have trusted Blanche. In the Burt Reynolds episode, mm-hmm. when Blanche says, mm-hmm. I found the perfect hotel, look how good her judgment is. That's Blanche all I'm saying. Blanche has a history with hotels, mm-hmm. y'all. Yep. So does Rose, frankly. Rose lost the tickets to the or to the reservations to the hotel when they came for the game show in Los Angeles. Like none of them are good with hotels. Leave it to Dorothy. Yeah. So then, so then again, we get through this whole thing where Blanche is like, "Okay, if we can, if we can just get through this week and make those travel agents happy, they'll give us good recommendations, and we'll be able to pay our bills, and the hotel will be able to stay open." It's like, okay, let's do the math. Oh, Forty-two bedrooms. 
Now, mm-hmm. if anyone, if if you know me in a hotel, you left the hotel room a mess. Yeah. So 42 bedrooms, one lady, one lady going through making all of those beds, vacuuming all of those rooms, scrubbing all of those toilets. One 87-year-old woman doing all the cooking. Yeah. And then I think Rose is also waiting tables. I ain't a continuity bitch, but... This is shit. Yeah, there's no way. And also, Billy kind of goes away. He doesn't actually really help with the hotel in any way, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess child labor laws are very strong in Florida, but still. But like, like yeah, why have him? At le- He could at least intern. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just, it's, it's, what's interesting about that problem that they're having is that it's almost as if they've already accepted, yeah. oh, this is going to be our life. It's like. Well, I guess they would lose all I mean, of their money. They don't have if, at this. I mean, there is the setup, which is a good setup. Where yeah, they're, they're kind they're, of they're, they have no they're choice. Screwed. They're yeah, screwed. they have no choice, and that does allow for good character development mm-hmm. and story. And yeah. Um. So yeah, there's somebody that complains about the food. Sophia goes oh. out. There's like a whole scene with again uh, just a, a a customer, and I'm like, I miss the girls. They've been split up for this whole episode. Yeah. Um. And then there's the scene you and I we, you referenced it earlier. Where oh my god! It's literally when I think of the Golden Palace, this is the one scene I think of. It's like this and the B. Arthur episode are the two things I think of from the Golden Palace. So Rose is at the front desk, I guess, in between waitressing and turning down the forty beds. Scrubbing. Through. Um, a man runs in with a ski mask. And a gun. And No, he doesn't show the gun yet. He oh. runs in with a ski mask and he goes, where's the safe? And Rose goes, Are you war- aren't you warm in that? And then he pulls out a gun and he goes, where's the safe? And she goes, oh, you want to put your gun in the safe? Yeah, the ones in the room are small. One second. And she calls up to Roland and she's like, hey, Teach Roland. Uh, no, she, it, no, that's, um, that's Don Cheadle. And she goes, Hey oh. Roland, uh, we have a guest here who wants to put something in one of the large safes. And then you just see the robber and he's just like, he's just like, just leaning against the counter like with his gun board. I mean, it's a long bit. It's a long bit. And then she's like, okay, he'll be down in a few minutes. Okie dokie. And she like flips through a magazine. Yeah. And then he runs away. He's like, she's like, where are you going? He's like, Carlton. The Ritz Carlton. Ritz Carlton. He leaves. But then she very sassily shifts character and calls 911 and is like, like goes into depth about the character. She picks up the phone. She was like, hello, I want to report like a male Caucasian, 175 pounds, 5'7", ski mask, brown eyes, prominent Adam's apple. I thought that was a detail. Um, He's carrying a 357 Magnum and he's on to the way to the Ritz Carlton Hotel. And when she said that, in my mind, I was like, oh, and then she goes, um, who am I? I'm just a concerned citizen who isn't as dumb as everyone thinks she is. And, and there's that, a giant applause which break. deservedly so. Yes. And in my mind, I was like, oh, frown, they're making, oh, they're making Rose smart now, which no. to me was kind of upsetting. But then she goes, they completely buy it back. She goes... Oh, this is four one one. Can you give me the number for nine one one? I mean, it's really uh. funny. It's like I like how because we all know that Rose as a character is sometimes very self aware, and 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 she has those moments mm-hmm. of being self aware, and I love it when that creeps through. It was yeah, I I, I loved that. Also, it, I imagine Rose like secretly reading like all these true crime novels mm-hmm. and like being an ID Discovery Channel watcher. You know what yeah. I mean? Like she does that, but quietly. Yes, yes. She's ready for um, the murder. It like was me. a very fun scene. It was so Rose. And then I guess at some point Chewie had quit. Um, yeah, he quit in the beginning when she's like, we cook Italian here. Got and then it. he walks out. So I also did think this was a funny moment. Sophia's in the hotel um, like lobby just kind of by herself. And you hear a voice in the back of the room go, I'm back. And Sophia goes, Dorothy? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um and he's basically begs for his job back. And she's like, you're going to have to do better than that. And he's like, I don't know how to say this, but I'm attracted to you. And she's like, you're in. <laughs> and so she's like, we'll cook a little my way, a little your way. So they're going to make like Mexican, Italian fusion food. Which fine. sounds like a horrible idea. Those two don't mix very well. Eh, I don't know, maybe. Can you imagine hot sauce on spaghetti? No, but I don't think Mexican cuisine is just hot sauce. Oh, good point. You know? <laughs> um... So then 
so I guess that, so all of that was the culmination of these women, like yeah. having to do a good job. And it's job. a success. It's a success. Cause next thing you know, Rose is sitting all alone in the dining room at yeah. night and they're beat. And mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. Then they all you, have okay. that moment that you could have been there all along, but they had that moment of, well, this is a new opportunity. This is something exciting. Life is a little bit more exciting yeah. now that you have a purpose. Yeah. So Blanche comes in and again, it's like this all happened off screen. So it's like, it doesn't really feel like you're paying it off, but she's like, well, we paid off the debt. Now we have a, another month and we have enough money to pay everyone. And the travel agents are going to give us really good recommendations. It's like, Oh my cool. God. Wouldn't it have been cool if they like would have became like like leaders on a cruise ship or something? Like how fun would that show have been? Yeah. Like Love Boat, but with yeah. the Golden Girls. So then um so Blanche is like, so this means we have a new exciting life ahead of us. Uh, and then the thing I did like was that it was like very reminiscent of them sitting around the kitchen table yeah. on the Golden Girls. Yeah. You know, it's nighttime, they're sitting around the table. And then you sort of now we go one by one down the line with the three women on why they think this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And even though you're right, they're kind of forced to do it. Yeah. Well, I think would have been more impactful is like Financially, you said, they're incredibly forced to do it. They're incredibly forced to do it. It's like they're, you see them sort of turning and accepting it, but you're right. Like they don't really have a choice. Yeah. Whereas if they, if they had been inherited, inherited it. it then they could be like, hell no, I'm not going to do this. And we're going to sell like, the house. We're going to use the money as an investment in this place. And we're going to do this. It would have made sense for them to have said, uh, you know what? We're, n- we're not going to take on this hotel or this bed and breakfast. And then, and then they, they don't want to screw over the employees. So they go, tell you what, yeah. we'll help you for the weekend. And then we are going to sell it. And you guys are going to whatever. And so they're helping out. It's just for the weekend. That's the expectation. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the weekend, that's when they're like, you know what? I want to do this full time. I and think we should keep it. And they could have had an emotional Dorothy moment. They could have had, instead of, I mean, yeah, they had a lot of Dorothy jokes, which were great. But they could have had a moment in the end being like, after Dorothy left, I didn't know what, was, what we were going to do. It was like part of the team broke up. But now, in some way, like, this is giving me a new purpose mm-hmm. while Dorothy's gone. And then someone could have made a, and Dorothy's as big as a hotel joke. Right. That's also something, and again, I understand that B. Arthur left in, this is just the the show that they have now, but it's um it's so hard for me to believe that Dorothy would abandon Sophia, that she wouldn't bring Sophia to live with her and Lucas. Well, I mean, that doesn't bother me because it's a Sophia is I mean, she's always been very independent, and B, she's with essentially Dorothy's two sisters. I, I mean, know, but I still think Dorothy would miss her too much. Like, remember when? And again, I know they had to do it because B. Arthur left the show. But remember when um, Dorothy's sister wanted to bring uh-huh. Sophia back to live with her, and like it tore Dorothy apart. And I know she's married now, but that's still like when you hear Sophia say that you know Dorothy's gone, it just doesn't sit right with me because I know deep down that Dorothy would never abandon Sophia. That's how yeah. I feel, at least. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they do start to go down the line. Um, Rose said that she feels really good after this weekend. She always loved turning down her kids' beds. Um, you know, and she this week she turned down a lot of beds and it made her feel like she had purpose again. Um, Sophia, again, this one was kind of sad for me. She goes, I'm 87. My Dorothy's gone. My friends are dead. I haven't digested an onion in 20 years. Which is funny. You know, and she's like, I used to wake up basically like I would just wake up and I was alive and I would just go throughout the day. But she's like, now I wake up because I got to make ravioli. I'm busy. I got stuff. And I'm like, you're 87 years old. Like, I want you to to relax. Yeah, just sit down. (laughs) Read a book. Um, Read a murder she wrote book. And then the women basically toast to happiness, to life, to us. And they do a little cheers. Yeah. Um, <gasps> you know, Golden Palace is on CBS. Murder, She Wrote was on CBS. They could have done a crossover. Another murder mystery weekend at oh, the hotel. that would have been great. Jessica Fletcher at oh the my Golden gosh. Palace. This would, have, this would have been the end of Act One. They would have been like, there's been a murder. <gasps> Who, who's going to help us? And then Angela Lansbury comes in and goes, I think I can help. <laughs> she takes off her glasses. Um, I think I could be of assistance. Oh, so good. Um, and then they do a tag uh, of the pilot, which is adorable. It's, um, it's. They're geez, all sitting so around a table. All six of them are sitting around a table, and they're like, "So you just eat cheesecake?" Um, 
And they're, but and you share all your problems. Yep. And then they're like, Rose tells St. Olaf stories. And they're like, tell us. And Sophia's like, ah, you're rookies. Yeah. So on the Golden Girls, when the four women, again, this is what you have to do because you have a multicam set where there's no wall on the other side. That's where the cameras go. So when the four women would sit around one small circular table, it would look weird. Seeing six people too much. sit on one it's side like the episode of a small where Michael round got married table. and the three women, there were like nine women in the kitchen sitting around a table. It just I mean, looks, it's just it looks too, so awkward. It looks like a TED talk. Yeah, like just let some people stand. Just let some people Put not be in, in the scene. They don't need to be there. Um, just have the little boy. You know what would have been cute? If they just had the boy at the table. Just have the little boy at the table, and it's the three women and the little boy, and and they're saying this, and then they leave, and it's Rose and the little boy at the table. That would have been funny because then he's trapped. Yeah. I also have a feeling, I bet you, this original pilot, sometimes what will happen, especially for a pilot, is you'll shoot a lot of stuff, and Mm -hmm. then you'll end up having to edit a lot of stuff out. And I have a feeling that they probably the shot footage. more with him. Yeah. And they probably cut it out. I bet they shot more of like the girls scrambling to try to make stuff happen, but they just didn't have the time for it and they had to cut it out. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. I think they, the show just spent so much time explaining business. And yeah. then, and again, as funny as the robbery scene was, that scene had nothing to do with the problem that was at hand in the episode. Nothing. Had nothing to do with the problem. And also, at like, hand. I think because the pilot didn't hinge on them getting picked up for our next episode or for a full season or anything, the energy was off. Like, pilots for me, even though oftentimes they're like the not great episode because the they're story, very hard yeah they're hard. very hard yeah but like there is an energy to a pilot because everything is being introduced and it's moving fast and you're trying to figure out what's going with next and who's with who and all these things and that felt off in this because they didn't need the energy they knew that they had the full season they knew they had this story they had mm-hmm. these characters it just it felt lazy to me yeah yeah Oh. Well, we're going to watch next the Dorothy episode, which is actually like after the Rose moment in this episode is my favorite of the Golden Palace season. Should we do a Golden Takeaway for this? Yeah. Don't do a spinoff. Um, that's going to be shit. That's a good Golden Takeaway. I think that's a Golden. That's the basic. Like this whole episode is a Golden Takeaway to not have done this. I don't. I mean, some people and I'm probably polarizing some fans out there because some people legitimately like the Golden Palace and think it was a good idea. I just don't. I'm I'm definitely of the school of quit while you're ahead. Make people remember you and remember those. Seinfeld had it right. I mean, he quit when it was a number mm-hmm. one show, and I think that's really friggin' smart. Why am I saying friggin' on a podcast? I can say fuck. <laughs> Fucking smart. Um, I'm going to say my golden takeaway for the pilot of the Golden Palace. Uh, I'm looking through my notes. I don't even, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to, my golden takeaway is to go back in time and give Rose a spinoff called Once in St. Olaf. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Back in St. Olaf. Back in St. Olaf. Yeah. Yes. That would have been great. Yep. Like back in, St. Yeah. back in St. Olaf. Back in St. Olaf. It would have been very much um, the new heart sort of level of absurdity. I mean, mm-hmm. it would have been very new heart. Yeah. In new heart after the Bob Newhart show, he played, I forget the whole premise, but it was like a Vermont ski lodge or something. Yeah. And there yeah, were lots this of my weird... my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. Lots Darryl. of weird yeah. characters. And that that model mm-hmm. would have worked so well for Rose. What would have been great is that Rose would have been the straight man. She would have been yeah. the, the anchor grounded which in reality. Which is to insane think to think of this woman who talks about like, you know, circus uh, fleas yeah. acts. You know, she would be the she would be the straight man, the, the the normal, the grounded, most grounded person on the show. That should have been the spinoff. I mean, and it would have been, I, I'm just imagining like three episodes in when all the girls come to visit and Rose having the conversation by being like, 
I think my time in Miami has really matured me yeah. because these people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, that like, would have been amazing. It would have been a really yep. funny, it still would have retained Rose's essence as sort mm-hmm. of a dim-witted, fun yeah. person, good-natured person, but it would have added a new level mm-hmm. and would have given the character a totally different realm of things to react to. Yeah. Such a loss. I mean, you can still do it. Betty White's still here, y'all. Oh my gosh. NBC, no. pick it up. Let her rest and eat her hot dogs and her ice cream sundaes and play with dogs. Guys. She basically lives my life. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this has been so fun. We're yes. so happy to be back. Yes. And uh And we have we have more things coming, so just you know, just sit back. We're not getting to the last episode just yet. Yes. Relax. So, so relax. Tune in next time when we watch the two part episode of the Golden Palace. Uh, that B. Arthur uh, appears in the only two episodes that she was in. And we're also going to talk a little bit about um, the two episodes that Miles appeared in because he sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to, we're, we're not done with Miles. I like how Ala- we, when we texted before this episode, we texted Alaska and Elliot being like, do you guys have anything for this? And Alaska's response was like, Miles is a scumbag. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that <laughs> next time so you guys won't want to miss it. Yeah, um, so We good. love you guys. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can find us at outonthelanai.com, facebook.com slash golden girls podcast on twitter we are at golden girls pod where can people find you i'm at h allen scott on everything and i'm squid eat squid on twitter i'm squidzy on instagram and you guys can still watch the show that i write for called schooled it's on abc wednesdays at 8 30 please 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 watch it's about teachers and how amazing they are and it takes place in the 90s and mm-hmm. it's a really fun show mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're a fan of the goldbergs it is good we've been watching it my and i back in the boat yeah Thanks. we're at your place today so we're not can't, yes not we're here. at my place today yeah okay. yeah well guys remember as always Stay golden! Stay golden.